0: I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com.
1: This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, September 12, 2020.
0: Longest-running, most respected money show on Radio Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with DJ Barker. Hello, hello. There he is. And none other than Jennifer Thomas. Hello. There's Jennifer. How about that? Uh, Jennifer's still our our, uh, remote guest host, I guess, at this point. Uh, Is that what we're going to call you, Jennifer? Uh,
1: Allowing the studio to remain socially distanced. There That's you right. go. You're just doing your part. Doing
3: your part. Everybody's got to right. do their part. Yeah. There's don't, Jennifer. Don't Calling blame. in. Uh,
1: there you go.
0: It works for me.
3: Long time listener, first time caller.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, we can't count her, the caller, DJ. You? you realize this.
3: I know, but it's just fun to say.
0: Uh, but no doubt. Always fun to say. Well,. Uh, what in the world is going on with our financial markets this week?
3: Man, I don't know. We, that's what I was going to ask you. What'd you do? I you see, hit the wrong button. It wasn't me. It's something. I promise it wasn't me. Something happened. <clears throat> I
0: will tell you that it uh, it really doesn't surprise me terribly to see that technology has. Has uh led the pack down yeah. as it led the pack up. Not surprising. Uh, uh you know, and
3: they've been on a little bit of a tear the last couple of years. Right. The in the sector.
0: last in the last week we've seen technology sell off to the tune of about ten and a half percent. So uh in, in total the S and P five hundred is down six point six eight percent. Best performing sector utilities that's only down two point three nine percent. So there you go. much better than the market. In fact, um all but three sectors are doing better than the market over the last five days. Um, the weighting in information technology is one of the reasons that you'll see something uh, so odd happen. But, um, you know, before this all started, technology was hitting along at about 27% of the overall market. Uh, and as I said, down 10.5%. Communication services down 8%, a little more. Um, Energy down 7%, and the rest of them are, you know, somewhere between 6.3% and uh, 2.39%. So um, of the 11 sectors, three are worse than the market overall. It's just those big ones. Um, If you look longer term, though, uh, well, let's look at the year-to-date. Year-to-date, the S&P 500 is up 4.8% technology, even after that big sell-off. Is up twenty five point three percent. Consumer discretionary is up twenty two point eight nine. And oh, by the way, remember, the reason that that is so big, uh, Amazon makes up about forty three percent of consumer discretionary sector altogether.
3: I've not heard. I've not heard of Amazon. Who's Amazon.
0: Yeah, um, well, <laughs> I I would recommend that Some you large. agree that... That flip phone you my got, house. DJ. They
1: come here daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Jennifer's got a box or 12 today. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so surprising. so it's it shouldn't really surprise you. 22.89% yeah. um, on consumer discretionaries uh, and energy in the basement, strongly in the basement, down 44% year to date. If you back up and look at the one year, the 12-month, S&P 500's, up 14.28%. So that's better than the average year we would expect Uh, out of the S&P 500. You know, what recession? What pandemic? I mean, it it seems really odd still that you would have the market doing what it's done. Um, uh, Consumer discretionary again up 25.93% in the last 12 months and communication services up 18%. On the far end, energy again down 42.6%. Financials down ten percent. You know, I've, I've been a proponent of uh, energy for a little while. It yeah. does look like one of the more attractive spaces. Although, if you listen to financial media, um, y- you would have to believe that we're all walking everywhere we go nowadays. Right. Um, that that that's uh, that's a forever thing, and I really don't believe it is. Although, uh, you know, it is strange that we've seen some of the energy companies come out talking about being more environmentally friendly going forward i think some of uh some of the uh strategy of those energy companies is to uh begin to kind of put their money where their mouth is in the last few years we've seen a lot of them talk more about uh environmental issues and royal dutch shell came out in may uh cut their dividend in half and then began talking about how they <clears throat> they will use the money that they save from giving it out to instead of giving it out to uh shareholders they're going to begin um working toward zero carbon emissions by 2050 this is an energy company wow. saying that nothing they sell will cause energy emissions by the year 2050 now that's 30 years off and i might not ever see it but that's uh that that's pretty big uh it's a bold statement from an energy company. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's not the first time we've heard companies like this. In fact, for the last quite a few years, um, tobacco companies have been saying that they were going to lead the charge to uh, smoke-free society. Now, the way they intend to do it is probably with Heated tobacco instead of burning the tobacco, and then uh, you know, it, just using the extract, the oils from the mm-hmm. tobacco in a vape pen. But right. um, they really do believe that the tobacco companies will lead us to smoking cessation, as well as uh, energy companies will be the the ones who lead us to alternatives. And you know, like I say, that's what Royal Dutch has has uh, boldly stated. Uh, just in the last few months, that uh, they want to be one of the leaders. And they've been getting the uh, the stuffings beat out of them yeah. because as they've done that, you know, the, when they cut their dividend, the, the price was already relatively low. Uh, it didn't seem like it was for financial reasons, and it was the first time they'd had any sort of a dividend cut since uh, World War II. Um, wow. You know, so it kind of took everyone aback. That they were doing that, but
3: and just uh, last week, I think didn't didn't a uh, tanker run against a uh, pristine atoll somewhere in the South Pacific, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're cleaning that up as we speak. You know,
0: yeah, they did have a. a ma- it's have a massive
3: a spill. spill, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. I think I think energy is getting more of a bad rap than yeah. it really deserves at the moment, and I think technology is getting more uh, accolades than it really deserves yeah. at the yeah. moment. Uh, we got a question or two that we'll cover uh, later in the show, but uh, just as well move on and talk a little bit about uh, economic releases this week. We did see that NFIB um business optimism index increased this week to 100.2 uh that was an august reading july it was showing at 98.8 so not a huge increase but definitely going in the right direction um we uh if you look a little deeper owners think it's a good time to expand uh which that uh particular measure increased 1.12% so still not huge um, but there are some folks out there that think that it, it could be a great time to uh, add to their business. Uh, consumer credit changed uh, this week. We saw uh, an increase of $12.25 billion, uh released this week, but this is a July number. It increased by an upwardly revised 11.4% in the previous month of June. Um, but it missed market expectations of thirteen point seven five so a big increase, but not as big as was expected. Um, what we saw early in this pandemic was uh people paying off credit card yeah. debt with the the excess they received in unemployment, and then they saved money. Which is a rational thing to do when you believe that you might not have, not have a, job a, in a paycheck coming. Right. Right. So uh, you know a little bit of a change in that an increase. So maybe it's it's uh, evidence, and we've got other evidence that people are getting back to work. Uh, but job openings increased 617 thousand from a month earlier to a total of 6.618 million uh, in July, which was above a, uh, market expectations of six million. Um, uh, vacancies remain below their pre-pandemic level of uh, seven million. Um, so you know they there there are some job openings, but not as many as we had seen prior to March. Um, mortgage applications, which is a weekly number, increased by 2.9% in the week ended September 4th. Uh, applications to refinance a home rose three percent and the home buyer mortgage applications increased two point six. So uh you know that's still housing has been one of the one of the big positives in this thing as people moved away from uh or and, and continue to move away from um urban areas to the suburbs and you know, not have to ride that train that uh yeah. seemed to you know, be the, the culprit when we all have to get together. It's hard. I don't know if you've ever ridden a subway in New York City at Rush Hour, DJ, but it's really hard to social distance.
3: Oh, yes, I have, and it definitely busts my bubble. Oh, I don't like on. it. It's very <laughs> close. You're very it, close contact. I
0: don't think it I'm busted not, your bubble. There were just like four <laughs> extra people inside it.
3: That's it's very close
0: contact. Uh, Jennifer, you, you uh, thinking true. you'll get on the subway anytime soon?
1: No, no, I was not ever much of a subway person to begin with. Yeah, but, I was going to um, say,
0: knowing you, I would be amazed if you've ever ridden the subway, <laughs> especially at rush hour. I'm telling you, you. I, do,
1: I have, I yeah. have. But.
3: It was the last resort.
1: Yeah.
0: There you go. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we got a
2: dog of the week. Stick
0: around. You're listening. To
2: is the dog. The dog of
0: the week. All right, we've got a dog of the week this week. It's a way that technology is helping our lives, and I really mm. wish that I had had this some 17 years ago when my oldest daughter was young. Uh, there's a couple, uh, Radhika and Barath Patil, who are both electronic engineers, right. having a child, they I, I can't imagine the thought process that went through here, but they prepared a crib for their child that has a camera. Everybody's got a camera these days, right? We got that, days, yep, right? All right. Uh, It also has a, uh, you know, you can hear... Back and forth, all is... Communication, you got, uh, you can go back every, and forth, yeah. Everywhere. You can talk to the child. Very nice. But it also will rock your child, and oh, nice. it has a sensor that determines when your child might be waking.
3: Oh. The
0: sensor will determine breathing, so the breathing pattern changes, and they have identified how that breathing pattern changes when the child is beginning to wake up. Uh, a little music starts playing, and... The crib starts rocking oh. gently to make the child go back to sleep. Now, they don't believe that this will be—you know—it's not going to be something that keeps your kid asleep for like <laughs> the next forty years. It's not as good as what is it, Benadryl? Right. <laughs> don't uh, not do not ask me. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't I'm not me. My
1: grandchild over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh Anyway,
0: I just think that that this is about the most technology I have ever seen come along that will help a a parent get a little more sleep. And that's what they said. They they were just aiming to get more sleep. But it took
1: took two electronic engineers. I I have a 16-month-old grandchild. Right. And so she has a monitor, and you can see her, and you can talk back and forth through the monitor to her. Right um if you want to and um they have an Alexa in there in in the room like a dot yeah. and they play womb sounds through it
0: womb sounds to help her sleep i can't even dream of what that is
1: the womb sound you know the sounds like like, like when you're white got heartbeat. a ultrasound the womb mm-hmm. okay Maybe yeah.
0: heartbeats and weird yeah, so noises. Yes, it's got like
1: a heartbeat in there. And Very nice. Okay. Yeah.
3: So is there any concern that, that with this crib, um, if there's sensors in the mattress, what about any moisture sensitivity oh, that we have an electronic uh, situation, I mean, of water and, you know. I mean, a mattress just with make AI, sure. you think? Yeah, it's I'm going to be you know,
0: impervious to soil. It's, so,
3: it's, it's not going to gonna happen. Okay. This will never happen. Safety first, <laughs> folks.
0: Yeah. But but they say that what they they expect from the parent now this is this is the part that I think might be a little bit of a stretch because this sounds like something a scientist would do but it says they uh, they allow parents to learn and log the baby's sleep patterns and monitor for breathing and physical movements indicative of disrupted sleep how many parents do you think are really going to pay much attention the, the the uh, artificial intelligence better be really good yeah. and figure that out by itself. But that's the way it's supposed to be. And and uh, the way that it, this sounds is that the AI would pick up uh, on any individual baby's uh, you know, patterns. Now, if you've got I a mean, wild honestly, child. I mean, honestly, I guess it can help with,
1: with sudden... Infant death syndrome, you know, like if they patented right. or whatever, and they, you know, but like if you followed the patterns, you could see if your child was, you
0: know, having not some sort of, a, yeah, a breathing a issue, and and it does, yeah, it does. They say it does monitor the breathing, the the mm-hmm. the uh, the breath, and uh, maybe even pulse of the child. So um, wow. you know, there's there's all kind of sensors. There's a in.
1: monitor out there that already. Does that. It's does it ex- do it? yeah.
0: incredibly
3: expensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Well, it goes to from from trying to create sleep for your 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 parents to now they're going to be so hyper focused on making sure their child is safe and they're going to watch these patterns to you know it's going to be like a hospital monitor. You're going to want to make sure you're looking.
2: I don't want to doze off,
3: because if there is a problem, I don't want to miss it.
2: You can't it could go the other way. No. It's See, gonna go.
0: This is why uh, DJ's asking about, is it impervious to soiling? You yeah. <laughs> know, He doesn't want the kid to... You're speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is, I you know, this is pretty expensive, I would imagine, for, yeah. for young parents. Uh, $999 expected to be available on the market in late October.
3: Wow. wow.
0: So... Yeah, I, you know it's it's new. Uh, I think the the fact that it does all those monitors and can drive when the cradle begins to rock and yeah. uh, soothe the baby back to sleep, maybe even play music at the same time. I I thought it was a pretty ingenious thing. That's uh, cool. But I don't know if there's very many things that I would spend a thousand bucks on. So yeah,
1: yeah. I mean the rocking thing. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, That's supposedly
0: a little... there's a bassinet out there that already will rock the child, but the AI is really where they're they're looking to pick up but on the new technology. They
1: also need physical touch, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and,
0: I, I, you know, the, the inventors make this, uh, uh, that same statement. It says once you put the baby, baby in the crib, the crib takes care of everything. But sometimes you do need to intervene.
3: Sometimes so. you actually yeah. have to yeah. hold the child. <laughs> You got to show them love. You got to talk well, to them. You got to feed them. I
1: had this child, but I didn't really want to hold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a,
0: a touch me not baby. That's right. I don't know that I've ever <laughs> ran into one of those. And and also, I don't know of any mom that I've ever met that really didn't want to hold, hold their baby. Right. Yeah. No. You know, they're,
1: they. You, and you especially if it's in. got a grandma
0: around. Phew
2: oh forget about
0: it yeah, yeah. they At grow point, up and
1: you miss that time yep. oh
0: i'm betting yeah are minor are getting there now but uh you know that's that's the thing so um you know it it just struck me as a unique device that uh would be fun to talk about
3: yeah
0: all right well let's move on to our Actual topic, Uh, it's the finance show, um, and we like to talk about financial things. Uh, We've got a a couple here we want to talk about. Eric and Luann in their early 50s. um, In the past several months, Eric and Luann have called their advisor to ask if they should sell. And I'm assuming we're talking about selling stocks. Uh, first was in early February when the market reached a new all time high, they were concerned it was going to drop again, like it did in fourth quarter, 2019. Then they called again in March when the market was down 34%, uh, because of the coronavirus outbreak and the shutdown of our economy. Uh, they were scared that the global pandemic would destroy the financial markets. Uh, they became again worried in August when the market turned positive for the year, uh, and they wanted to lock in their gains. And then they called again recently now that the market is again at highs and they're worried about the elections. Um you know, we did have a little sell off, so you know, yeah. I don't I don't think the phone's been ringing just terribly, but there are people that are watching closely and and the the recovery was really bifurcated as as we noted, you know, earlier on in the show, how technology and and consumer discretionary stocks have really spiked higher while um you know some of the some of the other uh more staple like uh sectors Mm -hmm. uh those that we would buy no matter what economic conditions are have really lagged significantly in the in the recovery from uh march 23rd so um you know we there there's plenty to talk about here people worry about their money and that is something you know we're human
3: absolutely uh,
0: and, and it's really hard to uh, avoid that but you know it's it's also something that's probably a good time to um refocus right
3: absolutely i mean i think we're emotional and that's you know here at Hinsler, that's what we help with we take the emotion out of Yes, the market's either up or down, but we don't react because of the emotion. We react based on fundamentals or the plan. Meaning, right. you know, when we create financial plans, we we have an I, IPS is what we call investment yeah. policy statement that, exactly. that kind of tells and, and helps the client understand. Here is the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is what the allocation should look like, and here's the strategy. Um, once you, if your individual, you know, your individual investor is going, you, you should have some type of strategy. You know, that when a when a stock hits whatever price point, it gets up a percentage, you should buy it or sell it based on that strategy. And that should really be the strategy going forward. Right. It should be based on the fundamentals of what you're doing, not based off, well, it was a great day in the market. Now it's time to take some money off the table. Right. You know, and that's the fear sometimes that can take over. And it's a lot easier said than done. Right. Yeah, it's a lot absolutely. easier to be concerned and it's it's you know that's why our clients call us and say hey what do you think about what's happening yeah um you know when it comes to the markets and when it comes to the election there have been highs and lows and i think the democrats and republicans when they yeah. have been in office so just because there are you know concerns about one or the other um that's okay i mean i think long-term strategy for the market it, it doesn't really matter if it's what political part party is going to be in office, it's really just continuing with, all right, well, we'll deal with the tax consequences when that happens, uh, but let's keep to the fundamentals. Let's talk about what your personal investment strategy is and what is the goal for yourself, What do you want to do with the money and why are you doing and reacting and buying and selling? So I think there's a lot we can kind of talk about and and kind of go over. I think after the break, I think we're running out of time on this one. That
0: is true. We'll uh, take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll flesh this subject out a little bit
2: more. So listen to Money Talk. When things go wrong, you're scared. Knowledge is power. There's a lot about this virus that we don't know. This is Money Talks.
0: We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with DJ Barker and Jennifer Thomas. And uh, we've been talking about a situation with uh, Eric and Luann. Before we get back into that, we'd love to hear questions from you. Uh, If you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the air, you can call us at 1-855-429-9166. That's our question hotline. The way it works, you'll call in, you'll hear our message, you'll uh, leave your message, including your question, at the beep. We play it on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer to speak to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Uh, ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show. She will get your question and make sure that we see it so we can answer them on the air. Uh, if you prefer, rather than calling, to email us, you can do so at Gene at That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, if you want to... Figure it out for yourself. We've got lots of resources on our website, which is, again, hensler.com, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Information about uh, tax changes, um, things going on in the market, uh, financial planning uh, situations that uh, might help you. Uh, We encourage you to go check it out. Um, But we'd love to hear from you directly. So, guys, when we were talking about Eric and Luann, it seems like they're a little nervous. Market tops. They want to sell before the bottom falls out. Market goes down. They want to sell before it goes down more. Um, All very human things. Absolutely. You know, we're we're emotional, especially about our money when you know that uh, it's important to to have it to so hold on you can to just it. live <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: retirement happens
0: exactly so uh, all of us have been set up in a, a lifestyle that we understand and if uh, if we expect our savings to fuel that lifestyle then uh, obviously it's a source of of emotion it's one of the reasons that I let someone else handle my money I know Bill Laco has talked about it himself uh, you're always best even if you know all the right answers when it's your money, you can get more emotional than you ever should. That's so it's right. always best to have somebody else who's going to approach it from an unemotional point of view. And um, at Hensler Financial, we can do that for you. Um, but well, uh, I think
1: that there's a difference between a like a broker who tries to who's trying to pick the best stock for you at this you know at this specific time. Not that we're not doing that. Too, but it's we're more developing, a, you know, as an investment manager and a financial planner, you're you know, you're looking to develop a, a overall plan for the person, not just trying to pick a specific investment that's going to do the best right at this moment. Right. Right. The one thing that's has you know, that this is the item that you have to own right now. So yeah. what I think a lot of times people have in their head that what's going to happen is if they have an advisor, that advisor is going to call them and say, hey, I've got this, you know, new stock that I want you to invest in. Or, you know, I think it's time to, you know, to get out of the market because I think the market's going to go down. And for us, it's not that we don't care that the market may go down or that the market may go up. We're, we're more trying to develop a long-term plan for you not something that you need to follow in the next 30, 60, 90 days.
0: Right, and and the thing that you can you can say is is this. I mean, we're trying to create a portfolio. We know long-term returns on the S&P 500, which is kind of the benchmark overall for all investing, uh, is about 10.5%, and that's taking it back to 1925. If you think about what's happened since 1925, that would have caused a little bit of anguish, uh, we had the Great Depression in 1929 and the market crashed, 80% value lost. Uh, we've had a world war, World War II.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we've seen a president impeached. Uh, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. We've had loads and loads of things. I mean, even more recently, think about uh, it, wasn't here in the you United had the tech States. Tech
1: bubble, but, you had.
0: Right, yeah. 2000, you know, tech bubble. Uh, there's there's a lot of things out there, and yet the numbers that we're talking about are still ten and a half percent over a long With time.
3: That included.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. All right. that's through all of that grief. So um, we we don't just totally ignore it and invest you and and uh, tell you nope that's your portfolio that's what you're going to own. Uh, what we do is try to diversify to the point where. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh talk about tech stocks lately. They've been on a rip uh in the last 5 days though, as we talked earlier in the show. They've they've lost significantly. Well, you know, at those times you want to hold those utility stocks. You want to be well diversified. Uh your portfolio probably shouldn't look precisely like the S&P 500. In fact, we like stocks that pay dividends. And uh some of those have been beaten up uh, and and ignored as technology has gone up because, oh, by the way, technology companies seldom pay out a dividend. I think Microsoft does. Um, but Amazon, you want that long-term a, term
3: growth with them, right? Exactly. That's what you're looking for. Exactly. They're not paying the dividends that we prefer you know, right. if you're in retirement. You probably want some dividend income.
0: But you would think. think. And, and the thing is, it usually stabilizes those price declines. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we think... Uh, we think more about um risk management than we do returns, just total returns and, and especially uh you know when it comes to um kind of smoothing out the 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 uh volatility that we know the stock market can have so um you know it, it while I say that uh the market has an average return average annual return of ten and a half percent there's only been two years out of the last 90 that we have seen returns remotely close to that 10 and percent most of the time you know it'll be up big in a you know a short period of time and then uh they do have declines and mm-hmm. you know but the thing is when you own a diversified portfolio you're going to get somewhere in between on the upside and on the downside so um you know it, it mutes the volatility of your portfolio a lot of people like to look at the individual stock well why don't I own this and why mm-hmm. don't I own it? well uh we also have this overlay where we look at high quality right and uh you know about half of the S&P 500 um would be considered high quality it's going to be stocks that you can uh heavily rely on their earnings through no matter what the economic conditions are um and you know some have surprised us in, in in this pandemic i you know I've talked about it before on the air recently how disney who who's going to disney right now who's riding on one of their cruise ships who's right. doing all this other but within the company, you also see they are pretty well diversified uh owning uh n b c and e s p n some of the television networks, but even e s p n didn't work at at best because we had sports yeah. that uh, DJ, I know Side you're a big line. sports fan. I yeah.
3: oh
1: man.
0: don't don't you love I, it when those those dolphins win the National League championship. I love it. Yeah, I love figured, it. So, yeah. Uh anyway. <laughs> uh, DJ now being a Miami. Playing yeah.
1: old games and you know
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and you know, it doesn't really get quite the draw from advertisers uh who are also struggling a bit right now. Uh, in in some cases, I don't think Budweiser's going out of business anytime soon, but, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, it's, it's put a bit of a dent in a lot of things that you wouldn't have expected, you know, through a normal recession. So, um, either way, you know, technology has worked, but it hasn't worked quite as well as the prices might indicate. Uh, and we do have a question from someone that we would like to, uh, cover in a bit maybe uh that's talking about technology but <clears throat> you know all things considered uh we're never going to tell you to sell out of your equities no and and it's because of that long-term approach the long-term
1: strategy yeah you, well, keep the the thing stri- that, you know and if you follow our philosophy and you mm-hmm. know that it's the 10-year rule so we keep 10 years worth of your fixed income investments it's not that we're not watching the market because if the market does go down you know, each year if the market's going along well, we sell a little bit more out of growth and provide for that next year's liquidity. So if it's a rolling 10 years, you always have 10 years in place unless the market goes down. And then when the market goes down, we stop providing that liquidity. It gives us the ability to wait up to 10 years before we have to sell a stock in a down market. So it doesn't really matter if, you know, the – you know, who wins the election? How long is, will that effect really have on the market? Yeah. It might have an initial effect, and it might be very rocky leading up to that. But after a while, the earnings in the companies that you own are going to really drive what the portfolio does.
0: Precisely. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we have seen uh, Democrat um, regimes actually have seen better performance in the stock market over the long run, but usually when the change comes is when uh, when the change, meaning the elections, uh, that's when you see a little more volatility right, uh, right afterward or right before. And um, usually the the party in power uh, is going to stay in power because the stock market is a great indicator. If you look three months prior to the election, if the market is up then whoever's in power will probably stay in power just based on historic numbers Hmm. uh, and just the opposite if that is not true. And I believe we're still up since August 3rd, which is uh, uh, the date that we need to be looking at at the moment. We're going to take a real quick break right here. When we come back, we'll talk some more comments around you Listen. Best economy we've ever had,
2: and then one day you have to close it down in order to defeat this enemy. When things go wrong, knowledge is power. This is Money Talks.
0: We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with DJ Barker. DJ, hello. There he is, and Jennifer Thomas. We've been talking about. Hey, Jennifer. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, a case study, Eric and Luanne who, uh, get a little bit nervous that market pivots and, we uh, all do. you know, we it's all, it. we it's, get it. It's human. Uh, we'll, uh, finish that up in just a second. But if you have questions you would like for us to answer on the air for you, we'd love to hear from you. Question hotline number 1-855-429-9166. You'll call in, get our message. Uh, leave your message, including your question, at the beep. Uh, We'll play it on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, Or you can call and talk to a human, 770-429-9166. And, oh, by the way, that's how you get in touch with DJ or Jennifer if you would like to speak to somebody about your financial situation. Again, that number, 770-429-9166. Uh you can also email us, Gene at hensler dot com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H E N S S L E R dot com. Or you can go on our website if you're the do-it-yourself type. And uh that website is Hensler.com. H E N S S L E R dot com. Remember, two S. All right, so um DJ, we've been talking about this. Uh we we kind of covered, you know, it's totally human to be um nervous about you know pivot points in the market whether it be a higher or you know a big sell-off or what you anticipate coming um Eric and Luanne have been a little bit nervous this year because we've seen a couple of tops we've seen a huge sell-off and now we're seeing a little bit more volatility creep back into the market and oh by the way we got an election in November uh so you know we we've talked about kind of the way we look at things as a portfolio uh and you know the 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 uh, long term approach of a strategy, including an investment policy statement that we use. Um, is there something else you want to t- touch on this?
3: No, I think we just have to keep keep that in mind. You know, we can't be emotional. So so it is just. You know, I think we talk about it every year. You know, you want to revisit your tax losses. You want to revisit what's happening. Does the investment strategy that you've chosen does it still make sense? Yeah. Now, annual. Annually you want to have these conversations, you want to do it, but you don't want to be emotional, right? So it's the right. fine if you want to sit back down and make sure that the investment strategy is still in line, great. The roles, the objectives, the performance, if you're doing a full look at your portfolio, then great. But again, just because the market is either up or down, we don't want to necessarily have that conversation based off of the market movements. Right. It's a fundamental thought process that you're doing this. Um, and you're doing this strategically to make sure you're gauging performance or the asset allocation is still where it should be. Um, So it's really just the bigger conversation to have. Just because the market is either up or a stock is up or – Yes, they can go down, but yeah, even if it's do. down, don't cut it just because it's down unless there's a fundamental reason that is based off of the investment strategy that you've chosen to follow.
0: Right. Uh, quite often, the stocks that fall the most, obviously, when you when you invest your money, you're looking for the best stock for the future. So uh, quite often, unless something has fundamentally changed, uh, those stocks that fall out of favor are the ones that I, who, you know, I, I do look at the portfolio uh, and and help the portfolio committee at Hensler Financial make decisions okay. on changes. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you know that's that's kind of my purview. But uh, quite often I find that those companies, as long as the quality hasn't changed and they're still a high quality, uh, understandable uh, company, uh, quite often they're the most uh, attractive thing to me for future investment returns. So sure. uh, you know it, it's it's. Uh, just just because something has fallen doesn't mean that it's time to kill it. Um, you know, if it fell really rapidly in a short period of time and there was a fundamental reason, you got my attention. Right. Um, and, you know, it's the ones that I'm going to have to defend. I know I would have to defend them to clients, so I read those quite a bit more often <laughs> than I do the winners. The win- I mean... Uh, you know, a loser is, is kind of an orphan. Nobody wants to claim it, um, but uh, winners yeah. are everybody's hero. So, right. um, you know, there there needs to be a strategy. Uh, longer term, I will tell you, it's not real often that it happens, but you should uh, reconsider if you get too emotional about your portfolio. It means that there probably is something going on. There probably is more volatility than you would have expected from that portfolio, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. Um, but it it definitely gets a little weird when you you have been told hey there's volatility in the stock market, and when you start seeing it, then you start saying hey whoa slow this down I don't really want on this ride anymore right um, You you got to stop and realize there has been a whole lot of study going into uh, our philosophy and and our strategy, um, and a whole lot things a whole lot of things worse than what we're dealing with today have occurred.
3: So you're saying. Don't blame yourself. Blame Troy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever works for you, DJ. Okay, okay. I, unfortunately, I don't get to go into your meetings with you, so I, I at times just have to assume that's what you do. Okay.
3: Doing. Good, yeah. good, good, good.
0: You, you've probably got a punching bag with my face on it somewhere. Just, oh, another client meeting? Here, you, Here go. you go. Take a whack at Troy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have me in a dunking tank in our next client be meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, Jennifer, something just happened to DJ's mic. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> you won't be hearing any more
3: of him. Nope. <laughs> <work>. <laughs> uh, all
0: right. Well, we've got a couple of questions we did want to answer about some individual stocks as well. Uh, we've got a question from Robert from Atlanta who says, Tesla has dropped roughly 26% since the beginning of the month. Uh, does this make for a buying opportunity? Ooh, um,
3: Tesla, that's a big Tesla. one. Tesla. Okay. Uh, we hear that often. a lot in our office. We get clients saying, Hey, these are good looking cars. What do we think?
0: Yeah. Well, not often does a great looking product. Um, what? Well, I'll say not often, often a great looking product doesn't
3: <laughs> meet the criteria for investment,
0: turn into a great investment opportunity. And, and, uh, Tesla, you know, they, they are doing several things that really are unique. Obviously, they've got a, a cool-looking sports car that just happens to be electric. Yeah. So in a in a world of uh, environmental consciousness, um, you can have a hot rod that also is environmentally friendly. Sure, sign me up. Um, problem is, there's there's a few things that you ought to know about Tesla before you go diving into the deep end. Uh, number one. Tesla is relatively small, and I say relatively small. It doesn't make up a very large portion of the automobile industry. Okay. Revenues from Tesla are about 2% of the overall industry. Uh, their profits are similar to the rest of the industry, so they're about 2% of the overall industry. However, the market cap on their publicly traded stock mm. is equivalent to about 54%, greater than half wow. of the rest of the industry. Now, do you think I'm gonna say it's overvalued?
3: Sounds like it might be a little overvalued.
0: Yeah, I think a there's a
3: little yeah. pricey right now. I,
0: I think the, the problem to me is that um no matter what happens with Tesla, the price continues to go up. Now on the first of September they uh they noted that they were gonna float some more stock. I think they're gonna issue five billion more share or five billion dollars more in shares of their stock. Um they just issued stock back on February 14th uh when the price was at $767 um after the split we're now at 342 so that's clearly uh, no it, the split was 5 for 1 hmm. so this is more than twice as much as they issued back in February Uh, you, you've got, every time they issue stock, it's not just a nothing burger, you get diluted. So the the amount of earnings that you get per share is actually much lower, uh, when they issue new shares of stock, there's, you know, there's, there's probably more statistics we could sit and quote, um, DJ, I think you had some names, but, uh, in, in reality, basically, I think the market has gotten ahead of itself on Tesla. And some of the things they're doing are smart for them as managers of the company to do. Uh, Why wouldn't you issue new shares when you thought the price was really expensive? But would you buy a company whose management is telling you this thing is so expensive. We want to issue more shares and take advantage of this high price. Right. I, I I really think that the uh, the bigger risk is to the down downside for Tesla. And right, so I would we're gonna say,
3: hold for that right now. Yeah, yeah, I would
0: say not a buying opportunity.
3: Robert, you got to hold on. Don't don't jump in yet on yeah. the, on that one. Then.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a don't do it. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, it's down about twenty six percent in the last few days. So uh, maybe the market's coming around to my way of thinking. I don't know. All right, well that's about all we got time for this week. Jennifer, what do you say? Market up or down? Up. Here we go, up. Oh, it's going up. DJ says up. I'm always up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week.